Hello and welcome back to We the People, your favorite weekly Nintendo podcast. My name is Michael Cottrell, and I'm joined here by my twin brother, player two since the womb. Matthew, say hi to the folks out there. Yerp. Yerp, yeah, indeed. Uh, we don't have uh, too much of a show for you today. It's been kind of a slow week in Nintendo land, but uh, but let's kick off the show with the most recent news and happenings. Pokemon Unite is out. It's here. And we've played uh, a little bit of 5v5. I've played a bunch of solo. Uh, I've played some duos with uh, with Shay. Quick little shout out to Shayway Gaming. Uh, and uh, yeah, what, what do we think about it, Matthew? What do we think, or what do I think? <laughs> well, what do what do you think? I, I think it's a I think it's a pretty fun game. I think for what it is, it's it's really well done. I think. You know, and and this is coming from somebody who's, uh, you know, I think MOBAs are fun, but I think they're inherently flawed games just because I think most MOBA matches are decided in the first five minutes, not even probably in the first minute. You know, it it usually seems if if you're taking a lane and uh, the, you know, let's say two people go to the bottom lane and the two people that you're fighting end up beating you. It just ends up kind of snowballing really quickly. Or if you get the first KOs, you get a big lead um, just in terms of because you just, you know, the nature of getting a KO and getting a ton of experience for that. And especially in other MOBA games where then you can buy equipment on top of that faster um, than other people. But uh, the thing about this game, too, that I think is flawed in the sense compared to other MOBAs is that at least in games like uh, like Smite, for example, you know, you can keep taking a lane, keep destroying towers and get to the enemy's Phoenix, which is like a thing in their base that you can destroy to win the match. And I like that because I, I was telling you this when we were playing Pokemon Unite that there was a time where we were getting beat really bad in Smite and me and somebody else were kind of able to sneak all the way into their base through towers that we kept taking while they were just destroying the rest of our team and then we were able to beat their phoenix and win and um i don't know i i think this game is missing that because if you're getting beat by the other team if the other team's stronger than you there's really nothing you can do to um circumvent that at all and that's the only part i don't like is is really you just kind of there's multiple times where we played this game where the enemies were so much stronger than us that they're literally destroying us in our own home base which is unheard of you know in these games um like so that that's kind of my only issue with it is i don't know why there isn't something like that in this game why it's all about just getting ko's and then um dunking you know doing the little basketball thing that you do um there should be something like that in this game so that that way, you know, you it's not all about just who's the strongest, you know, and that's why that my only issue with this game is I feel like it's decided very early on who's going to win and who's going to lose. And I feel like every match we played was decided like that. So but it, it's a fun game. I do find it really enjoyable. Uh, I find it much more fun than League of Legends, personally. Uh, I'm not a big League of Legends person, but I do like Smite uh, a lot more than both of these games. But, um, yeah, and I think the the roster is really cool. The other thing or other minor complaint I have is the game seems pretty unbalanced. I don't know that for a fact, but it seems like there's some Pokemon that are just really, really good. Like, Crustal seems like he's almost broken. Like, he's he's incredibly hard to take down, but then... 
Also, he is has some thing where he can run away really fast. So if you do manage to take down uh, a bunch or take out a bunch of his health, he's able to kind of jet away uh, to safety. And uh, that seems a little ridiculous. Uh, Spl- Slowbro also for me personally, I don't know why he seems really difficult. And then also Garchomp, but I could be wrong about those two. But Crustle definitely seems a little broken. Um, but I don't know. Overall, I think the game's pretty good. Um, you know, especially I think it's supposed to be a mobile game. So the fact that that's essentially what it's supposed to be, um, I think is, uh, you know, really speaks volumes about how well it turned out. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's very funny for me how all these Pokemon games that are made by any other developer than Game Freak seem to turn out much higher quality than, uh, you know, Game Freak's Pokemon games, but... (laughs) You know, obviously this game is not as uh, big as a Pokemon Sword and Shield, but you get the point. But yeah, that's kind of my, you know, shooting from the hip thoughts on it. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm kind of in love with this game. You know, who knows in in a month if I'm still going to be playing it. But, uh, but for right now, I just find myself wanting to jump into a match or two whenever I've got some some downtime. Um, it's the perfect sort of MOBA, and I, I've got a little bit of a, a history with this genre, although I've always been kind of an outsider. I had a friend who was, like, really good at League of Legends. He was, uh, like, in the silver rank or whatever, and, you know, he was, like, one rank down below from the, the top, and he managed to get there without even, like, you know, having a team around him. And I would play with him. Uh, I would play the Volley Bear character because he was uh, melee-based and seemed like I could wrap my head around his his kit instead of having, like, aim stuff. <clears throat> the whole, like, clicking and dragging sort of RTS controls never really clicked with me. And then apart from that, you've got all the mechanics that you need to learn, all the matchups that you need to learn. Uh, at that point, I think there were, like, 80 different characters and then, um, and then, of course, you had the gear and stuff that you had to not only know which gear you were going to go with, but like when to level it up and when to go back and and go to the shop. And there's just all this crazy stuff that makes those games uh, so unapproachable. And then chief among them is that people will just tear you up and down if you make a mistake. It is really frustrating to be learning. Um, one of those games. And so the way that I, I look at uh, this one is it's sort of the super smash bros of MOBA games where, you know, smash did a lot of the same stuff for fighting games where they took the concept of fighting and flipped it into something that was like a little more forgiving, a little uh, more inviting where you didn't have to learn combo strings, but you were just given a kit of moves. And if you can string them together, cool. If you don't know how to do that, you don't have to. And uh, by making it like a King of the Hill instead of a HP bar, you've got a little more wiggle room to kind of, um, you know, express yourself. And, uh, and this just very similarly does a lot of that same stuff where it takes some of the fluff of like the complication of what items do I need and, you know, shopping during the battle and all that stuff. You, you do that all beforehand. You just pick out your items and you pick out your full kit and then you just run with it. Um, there's uh, it, there, it's 10 minutes long, which um, which is a great length for the match not only for quick sessions and mobile sessions but it's also good for 
that approachability factor because you get into a game of League of Legends and you know you might have lost the game in ten minutes, but you really don't feel the burn of that until you're thirty minutes into the game and you're losing every team fight. Um, and at that point, like you've you've spent thirty minutes in, in this in this game and you're going to spend twenty more trying to win, but you're probably not going to. Like very rarely did I ever come back from a really bad situation in League of Legends, uh, but this game seems to have like you know, some some different kind of uh, comeback mechanics where it's not so predicated on on team fights. And I think that's the mistake that we were making early on is we we would play some matches. I know this from from editing the videos that we um, we would win win these team fights and then miss the opportunity to score. And so we lost anyway, even though we were you know winning a lot of the interactions. And what that does is for the people that that aren't winning those fights and maybe are less experienced with the combat and the the matchups and all that stuff, they still have a chance to uh, score down the lane. And then when Zapdos comes at the end of the game, you have um, an opportunity to score really big. Uh, I will agree that the. I wish there was some way to definitive, definitively like end the match and win, uh, because the the last goal that there is is a little obnoxious in the sense that if you've played, if you've this this is where it can get kind of weird. Where if if you've played well the entire game and you have taken all of their other goals, there's just one left. Then they can all warp there at the same time and prevent you from scoring the last like two minutes of the game. Because how are you going to win a team fight where? everybody has access to like infinite healing because they're the goal is like right next to the base and like it does happen you do you do succeed in that scenario but it feels like that should be tweaked a little bit in my eyes because uh i recently lost a match that way where you know we had like two or three teammates with 50 points at the end unable to score but the other people who had 50 points and they had uh, you know the last two minutes i think you scored double um they were able to score 200 points on all of our regular goals that were a lot closer. But if if you've played well the entire time, you have to go into the very heart of their base to score any points. <clears throat> and that's the part to me that, that feels like a little bit strange. I, I almost feel like there should be... Um, you know, something different at the end, not necessarily a goal, but maybe like a guardian Pokemon that you fight. And to your point, I I like that that whole thing with Smite. In League of Legends, it's a, it's a base, but I do like like that sort of boss that exists inside there. It almost feels like you know what they could have done is put like Ho and Lugia at the at the base, and they'd be like the goalie, and and you'd have to you know defeat one of them to end the match. But um, but you know that gripe aside, I um. I really like it. The other the other cool thing is that there's um, the game really encourages interaction. You know, where where other MOBAs have towers that attack you and you have to wait for your minions to like go and and you know kind of absorb the damage for you to uh, to be aggressive, you can do that at any point in here. And um, <clears throat> what's uh, inside of uh, of your lane if they haven't taken your goals yet you'll move faster so you get back into the action quickly warping back to your base doesn't take a long time there's a couple of boost pads to get around the stage a little faster and i like that there's a little more mobility and interaction because sometimes you just you, you like go on a commute with with some of the some mobas and you just like auto click your character to go walk to their lane and you're like doing your items and your taxes and stuff on the side and so 
I just like how snappy and and simple it is. Uh, the um, it doesn't matter a whole lot which classes you play. So you you could take. I mean, I've had teams where we've had three attackers and a speedster and an all arounder. I've had uh, perfect games where you know we've picked at one of each each lane each role and put them in the right lane and still got our um, tushies kicked. You know, it's it's interesting how that stuff, like, I think if you're playing optimally, can help you, but honestly, you have a lot of freedom in how you do stuff uh, <clears throat> because, like, a bruiser can kind of carry the game or they can play in the jungle or a speedster can play in a lane, and I, I like that. Um, you know, sometimes it's frustrating playing an attacking character uh, and, you know, ending up on a team with, like, three other attacking characters, but... Uh, but we've still been able to compete and play, which is nice. Um, that is that is my my last little gripe about the game, though, is that they encourage you to play different classes because they want you to be on a balanced team. That's important in a, in a MOBA for people to kind of like pick their own lanes and to um, to kind of like commit to to certain roles. But inside of this game. They've got twice as many um, attackers as they have any other role. So there's there's like, what is it? Um, I think they've got six attackers in that Pikachu is one of those characters. So like you got the most popular Pokemon on the most popular thing as well as Score Bunny and Greninja, some of the most popular Pokemon. Uh, thank goodness they made Charizard an all-arounder. Like, my goodness, if he was an attacker, that, that just would have been over with. Um, and then for, like, defender and uh, supporter, the role that no one wants to play, you've only got three choices for each of them. And for supporter, it, it especially, like, you've got some of the, like, least popular Pokemon. Like, Mr. Mime is really recognizable, but he's not very popular. I've seen maybe two of them the entire time I've played the game. Uh, Wigglytuff, I don't see a lot of. Eldegoss people play because Eldegoss is really good. But uh, but I, I basically only see attackers and speedsters, sometimes all-arounders. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why they release this game with, like, that heavy of an imbalance. And I know that they, they just added their fourth speedster when the game launched, and... Um, we're getting another supporter in Guard of Wire and another defender in Blastoise. That'll help balance things out a little bit. But, you know, poor planning on their part to um, to try and, you know, encourage random people to have balanced teams. But um, but so far, I think it's a really cool selection of Pokemon. Surprised to see my boy Cramorant in there. Uh, he's quickly becoming my favorite Pokemon. Uh, I just love how ridiculous he is. I love the gulp aspect. Uh, you know, he retains his sword and shield abilities in this game where he's if he's got low health, he'll he'll eat a Pikachu and spit it out at you. Um, you know, there's just like a lot of cool attentions to detail. They really got the Pokemon feeling right. Uh, Crustle is another cool pick because you wouldn't expect him to be in these spinoffs. But um, and like Matthew said, he's pretty good. He's got the shell smash ability. He can run faster than most characters in the game, which is uh, a little weird and hilarious. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and then they've got, you know, of course, all your staples like Charizard and Lucario and Pikachu and yeah, blah, 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 that are in every spinoff game. But, but yeah, honestly, I got, I got to say, I'm, I'm really enjoying the game and looking forward to playing it more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> I, I am too, actually. I don't know why. Just thinking about it, it it definitely is something I want to get back into a game of here pretty soon. 
uh, because it is a fun game. And and like you said, I think the best part is that it's not a slow burn. You know, League of Legends and Smite, I think normally the uh, main game modes take like an hour, typically. I know with Smite it does, and with League of Legends I'm assuming the same, but... Um, you know, and that's what's funny was is when Smite introduced the arena mode that they had, you know, that was almost something we ended up playing more for a while just because the typical match time for those is 15 to 20 minutes. And, you know, it just becomes this grind where when you're playing something for an hour long, it's no fun if you're getting your teeth kicked in. And especially in a lot of these games when the matches are decided so quickly, it's it's a lot more forgiving if, it's, if the match is decided quickly but I only have to, you know, endure that for 10 minutes versus an hour. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I like most about the game is when I lose, I'm like, I'm not so bummed. It's not, you know, it's it's almost like they're they were looking at some of the toxic pain points of your average MOBA and doing what they can to alleviate those. You know, if you have three attackers in a game of League of Legends, you're going to get at least harassed. And then probably you're going to have a, a couple of people just like quit the game. Uh, you know, this game softens the blow of that where like you can make these weird combinations work. Um, they uh, and, and then also, yeah, like I think like a 10 minute match time really, really just kind of works for these games. You know, not not that I don't crave some sort of like epic mode and maybe they'll do something like that eventually. But uh, but I think it really works for now. Um, yeah. And so I'm, yeah, I'm mostly just excited to see what they'll continue to bring to the table. There's a couple of modes that are in the game that we haven't played that are like four v four, four v four, and three v three. I I wonder how those modes play out, but uh, but yeah, just really, really just enjoying the game so far. Like Cramorant, I like Crustle. I will say, like the balance aspect is really, it's really weird in these games because. Um, I've gotten my teeth kicked in by just about every character you could imagine. There's some characters that I feel like are a little underpowered. Charizard doesn't feel great. He just feels good. But I feel like most of the characters are on par and can compete with each other. Garchomp's ultimate move is a little ridiculous, but most people have an ultimate move where they can at least significantly damage a group of people, if not win a three versus one situation in the right circumstances. Um, so that doesn't surprise me that that some of that stuff happens. Uh, the... Um, and yeah, I have noticed how tanks like like Crustle. Crustle does seem a little silly, just in the in the aspect of like he's a slow defender, but he can just click a button to turn into a quick attacker. Uh, it's a little weird. Um, so I mean, you, but at the same time, the people who are like the highest rank in this game don't think that Crustle is all that great, and so it's. It's really interesting. I've I've heard because I you know just leading up to this, I was interested in you know who's who's great in this game and you know what's the tier list looking like and everybody has a different opinion. Some people think Cramorant's top tier. Some people think he is uh, B tier. Uh, but you know, I I just heard everything under the sun, and then I've played the game and I've heard Talonflame's terrible, and I've had him just destroy me. So it's uh it's very interesting. Um, and that's what's what's exciting about being in like a new sort of game. And uh, it's funny because I've playing League of Legends. I was like, I was always thinking like, man, 
they need to do this with Pokemon or Nintendo characters because it just makes everything a little like clearer and easier to understand. Like Machamp or Machamp is like a big burly man, so you know he's going to hit hard and he's going to take a few hits. Um, like a lot of it, like makes sense visually speaking, and is is pretty fun. I, you know, and the Pokemon characters are of course super iconic, as opposed to like. You know, a lot of the League of Legends roster where if you dig into the lore and you get to know the characters, like, yeah, you can understand them. But, you know, that's just a blonde guy who shoots laser beams to me. Uh, I don't even remember his name, but he was super annoying to get to play against. Uh, and that's where I feel like Smite went right with it, too. You know, they, they do it based on mythologies. And obviously those characters are very distinct and recognizable. But, um, yeah, anyway. Very much looking forward to Pokemon Unite. It is free, so you know, go and try it out. And I feel like the microtransactions—they're—they're they're not terrible. I mean, the cosmetics are way overpriced, but um, but I feel like you can—they give you one character for free, and you can earn a few just by playing the game. And then uh, you know, you've got in-game currency that helps you do that as well. So, uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, just pleasantly surprised. Like, you know, you hear it, Pokemon uh, is farming out a spinoff to some, you know, uh, Tencent-owned company in China, and you're like, oh, this is going to be low effort, but, you know, it turned out really great. All right, let's move on to our next little deal. Uh, I played Skyward Sword. My rental copy came in way too late because uh, I'm I'm not going to buy that game, and I'm really glad I didn't because... Uh, and I, I apologize for this being a little bit of a monologue, but I, um, I guess you've played the the Wii U version somewhat recently, right, Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the it, it's the Wii game, but it was just on the Wii U Virtual Console. Well, I say the Wii U version because that version of the game pretty much ran at the resolution that we're getting on the Switch. Uh, there's a frame rate boost that's also on the Switch, but. Visually speaking, like it's it's interesting because the they they're really good with Zelda games at at hitting this like low bar of graphical fidelity where they they'll like choose an art style that lends itself well to what they're trying to do where uh you know, they're jumping into the next generation from Ocarina of Time to Wind Waker and it's like, oh, this like realistic ish looking stuff is really hard. Let's just do cell shading, very simple color palettes and, you know, very soft colors and like it, it looks good to their credit. And they did the same thing for um you know, they, they reached for the stars of Twilight Princess and I think that's a that's a good looking game. But they did that again with Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is meant to look kind of like a watercolor painting, and it's pretty, but um, but doesn't look that much better than what you would get on the um, the Wii U console version of it. Um, and uh, and then you know, then there's the controls. What I was really interested in experiencing was: do the button controls make for a new, interesting, or better experience and i gotta say like you know i hate to be a a debbie downer but i just did not click with this game at all now i played the original when it first came out got the anniversary edition with the um 
the 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 CD that came with all the the orchestra remixes. I was bumping that in the car like nonstop. I played through the game once on regular mode, once through hero mode. Uh, quite enjoyed my time with it at the time, but um, but you know, like objectively speaking, just kind of there's so many things that frustrate me about that game where I just you know. I think about playing it and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to do the toenail boss battles. Like five of them. I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to fight Girahim six times. I'm going to have to um, go through the god awful intro to the, the adventure. I'm going to have to like control everything with the Wii remote where that, that game was just so rough around the edges. And I'll, I'll go to the grave saying that like, you know, I don't think that Nintendo even thinks that's a great Zelda game because it was such a bad Zelda game that they had to rethink every single like convention of what Zelda games are. And Nintendo never does that. Like, name me a franchise that has changed significantly over time in Nintendo stable. Like, you just can't find it. Mario Odyssey is a lot like Mario 64, with just like things kind of tuned and, and changed a little bit. Um, New Super Mario Bros. is like exactly uh, the same on the Wii U as it was on the DS. Mario Kart, small changes over time. Smash Bros., like, like name me a Nintendo franchise that, that's really, really, really changed over time. And, uh, and I'll give you a nice little chocolate. I mean, I'm probably, there's probably one or two out there, but point being, is that like obviously this this one was a little rough around the edges and you just you see it when you come back here and I kid you not I spent they they said that they made the intro to the campaign a little more bearable a little quicker and so I'm jumping in expecting that and it still takes me an hour to get to the part where I'm like swinging a sword I'm like goodness gracious and then uh, the first thing that you do down <laughs> on the surface. It's because you didn't buy the $25 Amiibo that allows you to skip that. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to that that whole mess. But um, And then you get onto the surface, and you're having to find these little Kiwi guys with your dowsing. And it just, at every turn, they're like, look, you can do this with motion. Isn't that revolutionary? And it's just like, I mean, it just kind of feels like, you know, a less convenient way to, to do it than the control stick. And uh, and now we get into the button controls, because you might say, Michael, well, if you don't like all that motion being shoved down your throat, why don't you just do the buttons? Here's the issue. Skyward Sword functions in some ways very well with motion. I feel like, you know, the sword combat is mega janky, but at the end of the day, it is cool how you swing it in all these different directions, and you can get diagonal swings, you can get down to up, up to down, left to right... It's cool, Uh, but other functions like the stabbing motion is kind of uncomfortable to do while you're sitting down. The um, shielding doesn't feel supernatural because you have to, like, swing the the left Joy-Con to get the shield out, and sometimes you just want to be blocking like you do in every Zelda game. And um, and then, you know, so you switch to, to the button controls... And you're like, oh, well, they, they map it to the right stick. And, and I was looking forward to this feature because um, initially I, I didn't think that they'd find a way to make this game work with just buttons. I thought they would just like leave this game to die on the Wii. Uh, but 
when they revealed that that's how you would control it, I was thinking of Metal Gear Rising, which actually made pretty good use of it. In certain instances, Raiden would use his sword with the left, uh, with the right stick, and you would carve out different patterns with your sword or just go for crazy combos. And it was additive to the action in that game. You know, most of the time you were mashing the square or the triangle button to give Raiden simple instructions, but in some circumstances you would use that. And so I was thinking, oh, cool, so it's going to feel like pretty natural like that. No, it doesn't. See, you need to... um, They map a lot of different things to that stick. So if I move the stick to the left, Link will hold the the sword to the left, unless I kind of, like, flick it a little bit, which means he'll slash it. To do a spin attack, I have to, like, lean left, then lean right, then lean back left to do that instead of, like, you know, pressing one of the buttons that are available uh, on on the controller or some combination of them. And, uh, you know, it gets really weird where, like, if I want to run up and jump slash someone, I have to uh, hold the control stick up, sprint, and then flick the stick to get the sword out, hold the L button to get into combat mode, and then jump forward with A. It's just, there's so, what you used to do with just, like, three buttons in the Zelda, in other Zelda games, you now have to do in this very complicated fashion. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, let me just go back to motion for for swordplay. It feels a little more natural. Uh, The problem with motion is that when you turn on motion, everything is motion. You got the choices of everything buttons or everything motion. When you go back to everything motion, you're controlling the loft wing with the motion, which is imprecise and honestly just kind of wears on your wrist after a while. It's not cool. It's not interesting. You're not doing anything special with it. It's just there because they were pushing motion if, 10 years into the Wii's life cycle for some point, for, for some reason. Uh, the little bug that you get that you solve puzzles with, same thing. It's, it's just imprecise. It's annoying. And then the extra added frustration with it is that the Joy-Con only has gyro. It doesn't have a sensor bar. And so you have to constantly recalibrate it where I'm in a dungeon and I'm like, all right, so I need to use the bug. Uh, so let me um, equip the, the the item. And then I get the item ready. Oh, got to recalibrate it. Hit the Y button. And then then I aim and then I do my thing and, and you know, control it in really awkward fashion. So I don't like either control scheme. They're both kind of awful for what the game asks you to do, and uh, you can only toggle between them. What would be great is if they could patch the game and have me be able to like choose what I do for motion and what I do for buttons, because I would like to swing the sword with the with the uh, with that and then do a lot of the other stuff with the joystick. But you know, um, the Nintendo, you know, <laughs> why, why would they include options in the game? And so, from like a content standpoint, um. You know, I like I've played it a few times. I know what I know what's coming up. I haven't even gotten to the to the meat grinder that is revisiting every area and collecting stuff. Apparently, they made that a little smoother. Um, I haven't been to the five hundred imprisoned boss battles where I'm cutting his toenails and constantly getting knocked down. Uh, I haven't done any of that stuff. I don't know if I I'm gonna finish the game. Um, you know, it depends if people want to watch it with on Contrello plays, but. I gotta say, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I I try to go in with, like, an open mind, but, uh, 
but I, I'm just not not feeling this thing. And then there's the whole Loftwing thing, which which you know for the low price of a scalped fifty dollars, you can uh, you can experience some of the features that they otherwise could have just put in the game to make it a, a better package, a package that is uh, ten dollars more than the original asking price. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I'm I'm really disappointed with the amount of Nintendo fans I've seen defending that and. Uh, just as they usually do, coming up with some weird justification for why it's reasonable or the fact that, well, you don't have to buy it. It's it's not the point. It's just a, a it's it's really a, a bad business practice to to lock a feature of the game behind an extra 25, 20, whatever it is, dollar price tag. Uh, when the, the whole point of this game, you know, when you're porting a 10 year old game or however old it is is to improve it. And the only improvement it seems that they've made is that the frame rate is better and the graphics are slightly better. And, you know, there's some nice feature about the game, but it's locked behind an additional price tag. Like, I just, I don't understand it, you know, but hey, I think Nintendo knows usually they can pull this stuff with Mario and Zelda and there's enough, you know, blind fanboys out there that eat it up, um, you know, and... Just to me, it's you know, I don't know. It it it's 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 tough to support stuff like that because when you do, you're telling that company that you made a good decision, and then they're just going to give you more of that in the future. So it yeah. well, and people are begging for them to you know just send over the other uh, GameCube ports so that they can buy them for sixty dollars too. Which I mean, you know, if you like it, fair enough, whatever. Like I I went through a, a Zelda phase when I was an early teenager and I just couldn't get enough of the stuff because it made me feel like I was uh you know, it's 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 kind of a great game for emerging adults because it's more adult ish, but it's nothing that's really gonna challenge your preconceptions of anything. You know, it's it's still just a story about a guy saving a princess but it feels like more serious and, and there's some, you know, cool undergirding lore to a lot of it, which I, th- I think honestly was, was most of the appeal of Skyward Sword is that it's the origin story of, of Zelda. Everything sort of starts there. It's similarly to how Mario galaxy is so well regarded uh, in the Mario space. I think mostly just because of the setting and, you know, the kind of the, the vibe it gives off, the music, the lighting, uh, you know, the gameplay being, you know, kind of down on the list of, like, what people like about Galaxy. Because I've been surprised at how much people um, prefer Galaxy over Odyssey. And I just, you know, every time I play Galaxy, I just can't stand how how sluggish Mario moves in that game. Um, but, uh, you know, as opposed to Odyssey, where I just feel like I can do anything. Um, you know, in, in Mario Galaxy, you've got the regular moves plus the spin, but in Odyssey, man, the, the, the hats, the, the hat tricks you can do, the, uh, wall jump shenanigans, the dive move, like the dive move alone just adds so much to that game. And then you've got rolling down hills, like you've got so much to play with. Um, but you know, people just love, love Galaxy for that. Well, I I think even if you, even if you take away Mario's movement options as a character in, Odyssey, to me, I just think Odyssey is a much better game than Galaxy. I mean, I, I always find that comparison so jarring. Just as you know, like I said, I don't even consider the fact that Mario is just so much more fun to control in Odyssey as opposed to Galaxy. I just think it's it's 10 times 
the game that uh, Galaxy is. I don't know. I, I yeah, that, that, that's such a bizarre thing to me in general uh, for more reasons than one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think the, the biggest takeaway for, for Nintendo that I would take is that like, dude, you can get away with a lot for Zelda games. And, uh, you know, every time they do something like this, they, there's like this little bubbling of controversy and that just like dies down and the game sells well. And like, you know, it's gone, you know, the, like, <laughs> like them saying, "Oh, we ate, we decided we liked the pacing of Wind Waker. That's why we gave you a speed sale so that you could speed up the pace of Wind Waker." <laughs> it's like, no, obviously, you know, the pace is bad, but you don't want to go back and finish those dungeons, um, you know. And they they made similar edits to Skyward uh, to Twilight Princess and now Skyward Sword, where they allow you to kind of breeze through parts of the game that are bad. And I'm like, if you're creating all these ways for me to like skip parts of the game. Uh, maybe the game's not that great. Um, which is all to say, like, is Skyward Sword like a bad game? Uh, I don't think it's a bad game. I just think it's a very average game. Um, but in but I think that there's this like you know I I've got this theory I, I call it the Zelda bump where you know you look at any Zelda game and it's it is uh, generally two points higher on the Metacritic or the IGN or whatever than it needs to be uh in in a lot of like in a lot of websites some websites are starting to rate this lower but when skyward sword came out people were handing out tens to this thing and i'm just i will never understand that um you know the dude who did it at ign eventually worked for nintendo (laughs) that's just kind of a funny thing it's like you know i i know that people like it but i feel like all the reasons people tell me they like have very little to do with the um, with the gameplay, they have to do with like the plot synopsis, which I will say is pretty cool. It's a it's a cool last battle. Um, it's a little different from from most Zelda games, and that's a, a nice, refreshing uh, breath of fresh air. But it's like, dude, getting back into it, I'm just like, man, I uh, I'm not big on this. You know, you you spend an hour of just mind numbing dialogue dumps because they couldn't be bothered to add voice acting to their multi-million dollar franchise and you're just like absorbing all of that and they're babying you with everything except how to get a sword and they're like they expect you to just like figure out how to do that and um and then you finally get into the game and you're like all right let's get into this and they're like go find go find these kiwi guys use your dowsing point your remote in the vague direction and see where to find these kiwi guys i'm just like oh man i like just want to get to the the core zelda gameplay and the dungeons are still like you know they're pretty cool in that it's just everything takes longer because um what you would have done with like shooting an arrow into a crevice and hitting a switch in this game now is like you shoot this bug in there and you have to like steer them in there. And it's, it's cool the first few times, but after a while, it's just very time consuming and kind of bland. And, uh, it's the same way for the combat where every Boko goblin is going to try and like block your sword swipes. And, you know, after the 40th Boko goblin, you're just kind of sick of, uh, having to like pay so much attention to fighting enemies that don't drop anything useful and don't provide any like experience or challenge or anything like that. They're just so they, they just, they're just filler. Um, 
And then you look at Breath of the Wild and how it does pretty much everything besides dungeons better than uh, Skyward Sword could ever dream. And you're like, how are, how are they the same like Metacritic score? <laughs> Because they're both Zelda games, and it's just, it's this weird thing where, like, uh, that franchise can kind of do no wrong because it's just, uh, it's planted itself in the childhood of so many people, um, which, like, I get it, you know, I, I loved Zelda as a kid, too, but, uh, and I still do, I, I love the the world and the Gorons and the, like, even even the Skyward Sword um, stuff where, like, they're, they're uh, airborne society that that rides on giant shoe bill birds i love that stuff uh but you know i'm just like not to the point where i'm i'm just gonna like pretend like boring things are fun yeah well it's it's just you know yeah and and i hate to you know rain on anyone's zelda themed parade but i completely agree i mean and that's somebody as somebody who uh loves Zelda and uh it, well I wouldn't say loves I I like Zelda a lot and I respect it more than anything but um somebody who didn't grow up cuz you and I didn't really even start playing Zelda until after Super Smash Bros that's kind of what introduced us to to Link and you know started playing some of the games from there but um yeah I mean I don't know I I think you and I aren't affected as much by nostalgia like a lot of people are that grow up with Zelda and so uh, we don't view it through the same lens, but um, yeah, it's just it's just like a lot of Mario games to me, to be honest. You know, when I look at games like Mario Sunshine and people think you're crazy if you don't think that game's an all-time great game, like, I think they're crazy because it's, it's a fun but extremely, extremely flawed game. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of Zelda games that have the same kind of problems and for whatever reason with certain games like Mario and Zelda were just more more willing to overlook its flaws as a game you know I've always said to you before I I always crack up when people talk about Donkey Kong 64 and how bad it is and how poorly it's aged and in the same vein they'll tell you why Super Mario 64 is one of the greatest sandbox platformers and to me that's just it's just insane it's absolutely insane to think that there's a very discernible difference between the quality of those two games. Like, I think one was a little too ambitious, but aside from that, as far as what, you know, game design, level design, how fun the games are, I think they're pretty on an equal playing field, you know? But but one is about Donkey Kong and one is about Mario, and I think that's the biggest difference. And I think the same, uh, you know, runs true for Zelda. And uh, there's a lot of people that just, We'll never be able to see it that way. But, you know, for Skyward Sword, for me, I remember I was actually excited about playing that game just because it felt like a Zelda game that's premise was so much different than most of them are. And I just couldn't find my... I just really wasn't able to enjoy it. I found it to be uh, not very fun. I thought the controls were clunky, uh, which, you know, the Switch version, great. It's got button controls. It sounds a lot better, but I think... That game's problems went beyond its controls. I think just the fact that the game is essentially comprised of three dungeons and you essentially just replay those dungeons a few times is um, not my cup of tea, personally. But um, so well, yeah, and, I, and you think that the button controls would would fix it if you just weren't into the motion controls, but they just introduce different problems. And you know, I gotta say, like, like having played the the motion one in you know, setting my Wii remote on the floor a bunch of times to calibrate it. It's like, if you're still frustrated by the control scheme of a game at the end of the game, then I feel like it's failed you. 
you know, I I am a I am a monster in Mario Odyssey. I can roll around that whatever place I find myself in in 32 different ways and and it just feels good to move around in that game. And similarly Breath of the Wild, I like the amount of expression that you have with in terms of combat and exploration and everything you do and you go back to a game like Skyward Sword and it just feels so robotic. Um and I felt the same way about the DS Zelda games where they were just like, no, no, the touch touches the future. And, and you have to like swirl in quick circles to do rolling and all these weird taps and, you know, just missed inputs and, um, and poorly registered motion or touch inputs just stick with you till the very last moments of the game. And, uh, you know, it's, as cool as it is to kind of do the skyward strike and like hold the Wii remote up and then slam it down half the time when you slam it down, it doesn't register that you did that. And then, so you got to like lift it up again and, and it's just, it's so immersion breaking. Um, and with the button controls, it just doesn't really fix it because they want, you know, when you do button controls, they're like, okay, so now everything has to happen with the, uh, the, the stick, now, they do one smart thing where if you click in the stick, that's the stab, and it feels like such a better way to do the stabbing move in that game. But, um, but like, the spin attack, instead of, like, I don't know, hitting both shoulder buttons at the same time or, or like, shaking the pro controller, giving it gyro or anything like that. No, no, you have to do this, like, weird maneuver. Same thing with... Um, with the, what was it? The, you know that, that move where you knock them on the ground and then you jump and stab them? Super cool. Came from like Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, and then they, they brought it back for Skyward Sword. Uh, the way that you do that with the button controls is you have to like target them while they're on the ground and then I think press like down, up, down, and Link will do it. Dude, in every other Zelda game, you just look at them and you press the A button. That's all you do. Why do you need to make it more complicated? It's like it's like they, they created the button controls to frustrate you so that you would use motion controls, but the motion controls don't even work as well as the original game, which creates this, this interesting problem where I can't even say that this is the definitive version of the game. Because honestly, a lot of the motion stuff is more enjoyable in the original, but the original is just bogged down with all the terrible things that they patched out of this release. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the game honestly just feels like it's running on an emulator. That That's, like, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel polished. And, um, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad I didn't, like, spend any money on it. I think it's a, you know, definitely rent it to see if you click with it. Because, you know, I, we were just speaking anecdotally. Uh, looking at our Switch friends list, and uh, we have a bunch of friends that, you know, I know I'm a little late to the discussion because I, I rented it instead of bought it, but, um, you know, we've seen a bunch of people, like, it, it, it says, like, played eight days ago, played seven days ago. <laughs> it's like everybody picked it up and then put it down. It's just, I don't know, it's so rough around the edges. And uh, the saddest part is that the concept for the game, the romantic relationship between Link and Zelda, the storytelling aspects, all of that stuff is cool and deserved, like, a true, like, remaster or remake not this like quick and dirty solution where you just bump up the resolution emulate some aspects and call it a day um anyway uh so yeah get not not gonna give that one my my stamp of approval it's not a bad game but um but you know there's 
better Zelda games on the Switch that you could play. Uh, but I guess if you're itching for more uh, more Zelda like that, you know, I guess give it a shot. But um, or give it a yak. Give it a yak. But uh, yeah, any more commentary on the Skyward Sword, Matthew? Uh, not that I could think of. All right, well, that's uh, that'll do it for this episode of We the People. I uh, hope you enjoyed our discussion on the latest Nintendo games. Uh, we won't mention the stuff that came on the Nintendo Online Store because people have beaten that horse to death already. Uh, the Switch Online, you know, fix it. <laughs> bye bye.